Okay, so we're going to do the review of yesterday's daf. Yesterday was daf pay number 80. Today is daf 81, number pay aleph. And we're going to do the review of yesterday's daf get to today's. Yesterday we started talking about ink. We said that in order to be high for, for ink, carrying out dry ink, it has to be enough ink that could write two letters. Not whole letters, just the otiot, okay, uh, individual letters. Um, also, if you're carrying out um, a, a feather, um, a quill, so also we, uh, the ink, uh, it has ink in it enough to write two letters, you're high for carrying that, or an inkwell, the same thing. So Rav asked an interesting question, what if only you're, you're carrying out dry uh, ink, enough for only one letter, but then you carry out a quill, which also has only enough for one letter. So um, that's the, the Gemara says that also is, uh, uh, that's a taker. We don't have an answer for that question. Took a, uh, then we saw another answer. I mean, another question from Rava. It was a few questions from Rava. Um, so an interesting, this is a statement actually. He says that if you took out the, the two, enough ink for two letters in, let's say, your quill, and then as you're walking, you continue to walk, and you wrote down the two letters on a piece of paper. So then you'll be chayev for carrying. Not talk about chayev for writing, you're chayev for carrying. Okay, now the question is, why am I chayev for carrying? I Isn't there a rule that you're not chayev for carrying until you stop? And here he's continuing to walk. So the Gemara says... Uh, the reason why is because when you put the letter down into the piece of paper, that's its ahnocha. That's called being at rest, and therefore you'll be high for that. The interesting question was, what if you took out one letter and uh, then wrote it down, and then you went back inside, took out enough for another letter and wrote it, and wrote it down. So then you'll be potter, and the reason why is because by the time you got the more ink, so the ink of the other one is already gone. It's already dried up and it can't write a letter anymore. Um, and uh, therefore, you're, the, you're not going to be chayef for carrying. Um, next, we saw is that when carrying actual stuff, like let's say you're carrying a half a fig and then you put it down, then you go back and carry out the second half of the fig and put it down. The first one is uh, considered as if it was taken by a dog or burnt, and you're going to be put And the question is, but if it's there, why would you consider it as if it's taken away? The answer is, is that no, if the other, you're right, we're talking about a case, if somebody picked up the first one before you put down the second one, then it doesn't matter that it was somebody else who, who moved it. It, you're, it's as if a dog or as if it got burnt, and therefore being that the two are not adding up to each other because it got moved, before you moved out, before you carried out the second half, that's why you'll be potter in that case. Okay. Next question was, or next statement Zerva was talking about, if you took out half a, half a grogeres, half a fig, put it down, then you went and took out another half, and you carried the second half, didn't stop, but you carried it over the area of the other half, and um, and never put it down, but you were holding it less than three tefachim from the ground. So well, the Gemara says, then you'll be chayv in that case. 
Um, so the question is, I but doesn't it need to land? He didn't put it down. So the Gemara explains that, and even the and the, the the rabbis say that Tokshlosh is not not considered hanach until it's actually at rest. So the Gemara says you're right. If it was being thrown and it's in the air, even if it's in the air above three tvachim, I mean below three tvachim, it's still not considered at rest. But if it's in the air space below three tvachim and you're carrying it, so it's considered at rest because it's in your hand at rest, and that's good enough. Next thing we talked about, if you took out half a grogeris, then you went back in and took out another half grogeris, all in one error, that's of course going to be chayv. But if it's in two halamos, meaning I forgot in between, I'm going to be potter. Yossi says, even behalam echad. If I didn't take it to the same Rishus Harabim, I took it to a different Rishus Harabim, I'm going to also be potter. Question is, what is dividing the two Rishus Harabims in order to be, have that ptor of Rabiosi? So we saw a few opinions. First is Rabbah's opinion that it has to be a level of Chivchatas between. That it means that between the two roads, let's say, of Rishus Harabim, there's an, a, the, the only way to get from one to the other is you have to cross through a private domain to get to the other road. So then that is not going to be Chayv. Uh, that is the first version. But if it's a Carmelist, then it would be, that it would be a Potter. So a good example, example we gave yesterday, uh, maybe West Belford Street or maybe South Brazewood. If you have to go across the bayou, north, South Brazewood to North Brazewood, so I carried one half to North Brazewood, the other half to South Brazewood. We're assuming the area in between is, is a Rishos, but it's a Carmelist, let's say. So that's not good enough according to Rabbah, but according to Abayi, it is good enough. But if it's just a little blockage in the road, like a, like a, a, a tree trunk fell down across the road, so you have to, everybody has to climb over it to get to the other side. So according, so that wouldn't qualify as a divider, but according to Rava, even that would qualify as a divider. So those are the three opinions: Rava, Rabbi Rava, Abaye, and Rava. Next thing, and he, that's Rava Lishitaso, because he holds that when it comes to Ilchas Gitin, we consider uh, every area a different and distinct area. It doesn't matter. Okay. Next thing we talked about is the blue that they put on their eyes, like the, the makeup. And, the, uh, and we said that enough for one eye. The question is, who would put makeup only on one eye? So the Gemara explains that uh, in very modest people would uh, cover up one eye and only show one of their eyes. And therefore, they're not going to put makeup on, uh, on the other eye. So um, we had a cash on them because... Rab Shimon, we've quoted Rab Shimon Elazar saying that if it's for Rafua, then even enough for one eye. But if it's not for Rafua, so then it's uh it's for it's for to look pretty, so then it's even both then it needs to be both eyes. So that's a kasha on what we just said. So Hillel explains it depends on where you live. Because an interesting thing, if you live in the city, then it's more their people are more frivolous and therefore there's an extra need to be more tsunua as opposed to people who are more innocent in, let's say, the villages, so then it's less of a concern, therefore they would be able to show both eyes, and it's not a problem. It's an interesting concept. Took us to the glue case. What's the purpose of the glue? We said enough to put on a Rosh HaShivshev, which we explained in the Gemara, is talking about when they want to catch a bird, so they would put a um, glue on, on like a branch, 
the birds like to hang out on the branch and then they're going to grip on their feet and then they'll get stuck. So there has to be enough glue for that in order to be chayiv. That's what he would use the glue for. Then we talked about the pitch, which is enough to make a pinprick hole in it um, on the, the clo- um, when they're uh, storing uh, mercury. Um, so I think it is. And then we talked about is the charosis, which is to make a picor. So the question is, what's the shear for this? Sounds like the rabbi's shear is bigger than review the shear. And don't we always have a rule that review always makes a more a smaller shear? Like we find by the by the shoestring, uh, I mean by the, the gemi, which is the size of a, of a foot of a child. So the Gemara says, you're right, it's, we're, not, we're, not, we're, we're talking about it's charosis, we're talking about enough to be able to seal up the um, the, the the one of the legs of the oven cr- that has cr- that forms some cracks to fix up those cracks. Interesting. Okay. Next thing we talked about is um, carrying out hair, um, not on your head, but you know that's being that's loose hair. So that's the what they would do with hair is mix it with the clay to give it more strength. Some um, and. Uh, um, and that's the story of Lasus Pikor Shal Zov. That's the next one. And then we talked about the Sid is for the, uh, as a depilatory for the, the girls. And that took us to this thing of the Benoz Yisrael, when they, if they hit puberty before they're old enough, so um, the poor girls want to not show any hair. So they would remove it with plaster. If they're wealthier, they would remove, uh, right, which is like lime, which is very, very, uh, burns out the hair, basically. If they're wealthy women, wealthy girls, they would do use flour, and basically that's like waxing, you know, basically it's like glue that peels it off, uh, like a paste. And uh, the older girls um, would use um, sh- um basically uh, oil, shemen hamor, so we, which is uh, the description of uh, King of Persia that we had in um, that there was a regimen of six months in myrrh oil, apparently. Um, the, I think uh, this is Persia, mind you. So I still, I mean, I would never be able to make the joke, but Rabbi, Rabbi Yagobian says that uh, um, you know, in Persia, they have a joke that in you know that uh, even the men can grow beards in Persia. Okay, anyway, but anyway, point being is that you need a good depilatory. That's the that's the point. And they had a very good one, which was Shemin Amor, which is the myrrh oil. And Rav Machlok is what it was. Rav Huna Barachia is said it's the teches, which maybe is myrrh oil. And Rav Yirmi Baraba says that it was actually olive oil that's from unripe olives. A very it's very acidic and it also burns out the hair. Um, Rabbi Yehuda says that this uh, this hair of the depilatory of Shem uh it not only causes the hair to fall out, but it also softens the skin, so it's very good. Now, it's an interesting story. Rabbi had a daughter who um, had needed this regimen and he, he did only one limb at a time and it slowly but surely um, it made her very beautiful, and she was so appealing to um, to the prospective husbands that they that she got a, he got a very large dowry from. I mean, they gave a lot of money, 
And um, then there was a, a Gentile neighbor, and he's like, oh, I'm going to do that trick too. And um, he did it all, but instead of doing it one limb at a time, he did it on the entire body. And uh, she died, of course, because it's very harmful. Uh, you can't do that. And, uh, and then he said, oh, it was Rabivi who killed my daughter. Not exactly, but, you know, that's the, Rabivi took the blame. Rabbi Nachman explained that Rabivi, he, the reason why he needed this is because they, they would drink beer, so therefore his daughters needed this regimen. We don't drink beer, so it's less of a concern. Next we saw is a review that says is Kedei Lasud Kilkel. So what is a Kilkel and what is Andipi? That's Rabbi Yehuda and um, Rabbi Nechemia. So Gemara explains that uh, one answer, Rav answers, is that it's also it's for the, the part of the temple here that grows on the temple of the women and uh, you would remove it, the same idea. And Bastida means that it's the peach fuzz. It's not even the fin, not like very fine here. Which means that it's the the shear of Rabbi Yudah is more than the shear of uh, of Rabbi Nechemia. The Gemara says that's true. It's the shear of the Rabbanon is the most shear of Rabbi Yudah is less than that, and shear of Nechemia is less than that. Problem with that is is that uh, we quoted that near and different Rabbi Yudah bechavot and different Rabbi Nechemia bebeitzas has a gear. So one's talking about a very liquidy. A mixture of 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 lime and uh, water, and uh, Rav Nechemia is saying that it's that it's in small little balls. Okay, and the question is, it uh, wouldn't make sense if it's talking about a hair removal, then they would both be, um, um, you know, in a very liquidy um, um, size. So obviously, so Rav uh, so Rav Yitzchok says that in the name of Rav Ami that. Um, uh, Adipa is a different thing completely. It's talking about an earthenware keli that has a hole on the top and on the bottom. You put it in the top and you seal the bottom with sid. So the Gemara says that's a very ridiculous garment, but I mean, ridiculous container because sid is not a very permanent uh, holding, and why would you want it to eventually drip out? So the Gemara explains that uh, a different answer that it's talking about, you use the sid. It's like a whitewash to make the delineations in the cup so they know how much the measurement is basically to be used for as a measuring cup. And that was the purpose of the sieve, so you know where to fill up to for uh, different amounts when you want to follow a recipe or whatnot. Um, and that's the story with that. And uh, the Gemara then says uh, that another, a third shot that it's talking about the forehead and that uh, the the forehead was basically uh, quoted the, this idea so somebody came from uh, Bovel and they said uh, somebody from the Galilee and uh, they said once you darshan to us and and he said I'll do it I'll say the drasha that Rabbi Nechemia said to his friend and um, and uh, while he was about to do that uh, some and some flying insect came out of the wall and hit him on the forehead and he died, which uh, basically, since he was going to reveal secrets, it hit him on the head. Next thing we talked about is um, the Mishnah. We talked about carrying out the red, this red dirt. So some achlok is going to Rebekiv. It has to be enough for a seal of a chest to, to like close the chest that you could tell nobody's been messing around with it. 
which is more significant of an amount, and the Chacham say no, it's the seal on the letters. You know, you want to make sure nobody messed around with the letters, so they would put a seal on it. Um, um, the the Zevel and Chol Hadak, we said fine, fine sand and uh, fertilizer is enough for uh, cabbage, according to Rabbi Kiva, and according to Chacham, enough for a cress, which is a lot smaller. Thick sand is enough to put a trowel full of seed, and uh, a reed is enough to write to make a a a quill out of it. And if it's uh, too fat for that, or it's too bumpy for that, so then enough wood to make firewood to cook an egg. Of the easiest egg to cook, where it's scrambled already, and it's in the pot, and all it needs is some fire underneath it to cook. Now, um, what is, so the first thing we asked for is, what is the, the uh, Malo Kafsid? Um, so we explained that uh, they actually had a lacha that um, um, the Rav Yudha says that the person is not allowed to use plain seed, plain whitewash, basically, on his house to make his house perfectly white because that is too nice after the destruction of Yisamikdash and you have to mix in some grain or some sand. And Rav Yudha says, you can mix in uh, grain, you know, tevin, but you can't mix in sand because that strengthens it and then it's like better lasting. And Rav says that that's not the point. It could be that uh, it's going like their banan and because it needed, needs to, it can't be as bright white as it normally is, so therefore you have to mix in some sand and that's the kind that's useful and therefore that's why you're high for carrying it. And it's, a, it's what's needed. Then we talked about the um, the komos with the quill, and we explained the komos has to get to his to his knuckle. The question is which knuckle, and we remain with the take one. That is it, the second knuckle, or you know the first or the second knuckle. Next, we talked about is the um, if it's thick. Um, so we said that then with enough to to cook an egg. So we explained cooking an egg over here is. Uh, it has to be scrambled with oil, put in the pot, and um, the question is, which egg is it? So for one opinion was that it was an egg of a tzilzel, which is a, you know, some type of songbird, and he says, then why not the tzipirta, which is an even smaller bird? So he says, the real pshat is, is that it's a chicken egg, and it doesn't need to be the full size of a chicken egg, because that's more than the sheer grogaris, but rather it needs to be the material of the chicken egg, because the chazal have a, have a tradition that the chicken egg is the egg that cooks the quickest of all the other species of bird uh, that we that one can eat. This cooks fastest of all of them. And it's interesting that is the one that we eat, and that is where we left off. And um, But the shear is the size of a grogaris still. And uh, I'll stop over here one second.